You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. This is Angie, and in the studio with me today, once again, is Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello. Hey, Angie. We are in the summer of hope. Mark, this has been a joy to be going through these different things, talking about the different things that lead to or try to steal our hope. We've really uncovered a lot. And today we're going to go into this thing that the bad word, (laughs) it's obedience. Why is it bad? I'm just not one of those people that likes to obey all the time. (laughs) I have to admit, I have problems with it. Yeah, it's been quite a ride uh, looking into this piece of hope uh, each week, Angie, as we've done. But, you know, if you saw posters up on the wall and you're like, uh, hey, here's some things to sign up for. And one of them was obedience. I don't think it's like patience. (laughs) Who wants to sign up for obedience or patience, right? Not many of us. (laughs) But really, why is obedience important? I think it's good. And uh, again, we we look at the different models throughout Scripture, and, and Scripture gives us several examples of how obedience pays off. And I think if you're headed for a challenge or you come across an obstacle, I think when you know how it's going to pay off, I think it helps you overcome. I think it helps you get over the obstacle when you know what's on the other side, right? I guess so. And I guess before we get to the scripture, I mean, I just want to just lay it out there for you, because I may not be the only person who's thinking this right now, (laughs) but why do we have to obey a God we can't see? So first of all, he has our best interest at heart. You can't see him. He said, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. So the truth is, he's our father. Okay. He loves us, and he has our best interest at heart. But why does obeying make that, if he's a God that's good, why would obeying change that? Well, the old hymn says, trust and obey. It's a part of trusting. It's a part of knowing. It's a part of serving. And so think about this, Angie. So why does a parent say, quit running in the street to their toddler? they want that child to be safe. Yes. And they know best, right? You could do it 20 times. And the child doesn't really know why all the time. No. (laughs) Nor does it necessarily always change its mind. So God would go around saying, because I said so. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the great part of God. And and he doesn't say it like that. He doesn't. He doesn't say, I told you so. Like, he's not the way we are. His ways are higher than our ways. But back to your question, Angie, your question is, why should we trust and obey a God that we can't see? Exactly. Yeah, that's what people, I'm sure, somebody's thinking it. Absolutely. And so if we have faith in that invisible God. If we have that, which I think that has to be the beginning foundation, right? Do we have faith in an invisible God? Yes, I agree. If we have faith, then we have to trust him and we have to obey because he is who he says he is. And we believe that. So it starts with belief. So what you're saying is if we serve God, just as a servant would serve a master, right? They do what they ask because we are giving our lives to them. So that's what you're saying is there's growth in this. That is exactly what I'm saying. So yeah, even though you may start out not believing, right? How about Thomas? What's Thomas famous for? He doubted that Jesus was not alive. Exactly. And yet 
Does he believe now? Yes. Well, he saw his hands and his feet. He did. I'm back to we don't see God. Exactly right. <laughs> so, right. all right. So maybe scripture will help out with this. So let's go ahead and dive in. Yeah. So we're going to look at today a an example of David himself, King David, Psalm 62. And this is a Psalm of David, starting at verse one, truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. I'm going to pop down to verse five. Here's David speaking to his soul, my soul. Wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. And that word expectation right there is translated hope. But I love it that it's translated expectation here. I'm reading out of the New King James today. My soul waits silently for God alone. So one of the things you have to do while you're trusting and obeying, Angie, is we have to learn to wait. So that's another one of those things we won't sign up for. No, that's that you and requires I won't patience, sign up, right? For patience, <laughs> for uh, do or waiting, or and that is a human thing. I think. I think it's just hard to just completely submit to someone and give up everything that you yourself you feel like we we feel like we can run our own lives, right? But to really lay down our lives, like dying on the altar, right? And giving ourselves over to God, a God we can't see. Right. That's difficult, but there are rewards. There and are. David was one who laid down his complete life before God. And I think that the writer of Hebrews tells us to keep our eye on the prize, right? He's the author. He's the beginning and the finisher. He's the end of our faith. Keep your eye on the prize. You could go a hundred different directions in that with Peter getting out of the boat. He had to keep his eye on the prize. And mm. I think that's a part of it. Yes. This is interesting because in verse six of Psalm 62, it's a repeat of verse two. It's the same thing. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. So here's David reminding his own soul, reminding himself that, listen, I am waiting silently for God because my expectation or my hope is in him. And why is my hope in him? Because he only is my rock. He only is my salvation. And he only is my defense. I shall not be moved. Mm. And this is, this is what he's saying. I've got to focus. I've got to fix my eyes on him. He alone is my salvation. He's my rock. He's everything to me. And a part of that obedience is you won't be moved. And so what I love the most about this part, Angie, is skipping down to verse 8. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him, for God is a refuge for us. Mm, that's Selah. beautiful. Pause on that. Trust in him at all times. That's what hope is. Hope is trust, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's true. They're sewn together, <laughs> hope and trust. And mm. at all times, you people, pour out your heart before him because you're waiting, you're serving, you're doing. And it takes me to John chapter 5. This is interesting. It's not in other things. It's not in knowing about God. It's in knowing God. Obedience 
is in knowing God, not knowing about God. What am I talking about? Verse 39 of John 5. This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. And in verse 40, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. So they're leaning literally on their own understanding and their own searching the scriptures for themselves to gain wisdom. Mm. They're not searching the scriptures to learn of Jesus. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. So what you're saying is there's a big difference between someone who knows the scripture and knowing God. And that's what the Pharisees were. So true. And Jesus is pointing this out to them because they were very learned in the law, scholared in the law. But I feel like we can be that way as well. We can go to church. We can hear all the stories. We know all the Bible stories. But do we have this something that takes it to the next level where we are more of a follower than a fan? Oh, I'm doing that book, (laughs) not a fan. And it's changing the way I'm thinking. Sometimes I ask, am I acting like a fan Or am I actually being a follower? Again, back in my head, follower means servant. And I think Jesus puts it so well over in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. So here's the difference, Angie. So if you just search the scriptures, you're hearing Mm. these words of the Lord but you're actually doing them. So again, James 1.22 says... I was just going to go there. You know, right? It's just so (laughs) obvious, right? Be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. What is obedience, Angie? Doing whatsoever he tells you. Now, there's the other side of it. Just doing alone doesn't bring you salvation. So you have to be compelled. It's like what Corinthians says. You have to be compelled to do something, right? If something moves you so much, and when we remember all the goodness of God, we are compelled to believe and to do. Right. So think of this in in any relationship, uh, whether it be a marriage, whether it be a friendship, whether it be a family relationship, in every relationship, you want to please the other person if right. you if you want to have a good relationship yes. so you want well, you to love please, them right it's a way to express your love right yes, exactly. by doing what exactly. by being obedient to that relationship yes. that which strengthens the relationship and again it doesn't matter what relationship it is necessarily Angie but I'll use the example of two spouses in order to show that love, you show that obedience to, I know what makes you happy. I know what pleases you. So I'm going to be obedient to do that thing, which blesses or pleases you in order to what? Strengthen that relationship. And I guess that's uh, that's another question I would ask, just to maybe jump into the minds of some of our friends that are listening. There's times when obedience somebody tells you you have to obey because of life experiences. They have a tough time with the word obey. Right. So what do you tell somebody? Why is it different with God? Yeah, I want to bring it back here to John 5 in that, Angie. So if you want your spouse to know you and be in good relationship with you, would you like them to read a book about you? 
Hmm. Or would you like to know them? Right. And I think that's what Jesus is pointing out. You can search the scriptures, but they testify of me. And listen, you need to come to me for eternal life is what he's telling the Pharisees. Like, I'm standing right here and yet you're reading a book about me. (laughs) See what I'm saying? And so when you liken that to a modern day, I guess, kind of parable, it's like, no, honey, don't read a book about me. Come and talk to me. Yeah. And I think that's... That's the difference, Angie, in that obedience because, wow, this scripture said, you know, here's the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Or when you're in relationship and you Want understand to. love. What you said, the word compel is so good because that scripture in Corinthians says it's his love that compels us. Yes. That love that experiences, like you said, life experiences being in love with Christ and letting Christ love us. That's what compels us to love. Mm. His love compels us to love. Yeah, amen. Which is what God's goal is. Yes. That we spread his love. And to our series, spread that hope. You can have this same hope. You can have that. I love the hymn, the blessed assurance. You can have that blessed assurance of the hope that is, as David said, our rock, our fortress, our defense, our yeah. everything. And I think it goes back to if we obey God, not only are we showing him our love, but our willingness to be a part of what he's doing. Mm. And I think that's where the rewards come in. I think that it's a step of faith to say, okay, I'm going to try this for a while and I'm going to obey what he says to do. And he says a lot of things in scripture that we should do, loving our neighbors as we love ourselves, et cetera, which means we do have to love ourselves, by the way. (laughs) Right. But I'm just saying that I think that there's a payoff that we don't see because in the natural, it doesn't work that way. But with God, it does work that way. I think that there is a great reward on the other side when we just kind of fall in line with what he's doing. He's the creator of the universe. And it's all good. Yeah. And the book of Acts quotes Jesus as a saying, it's better to give than to receive. So Mm. God would want us to experience that because he's saying that Jesus himself, who knows it better, (laughs) right? It's better to give than receive. He gave it all. And yet he says it's better to give than receive. That is love. Yes. And his was the ultimate price. He obeyed what had to happen in order for the rest of us to gain back that identity in Christ. So, Amen. It always yeah. comes back to that, doesn't it? Angie? It always comes back to the cross. That's the ultimate act of obedience. And thank God we aren't asked to do that, that Amen. he did it for us. Man, that would uh, not be a pleasant experience right. at all. Well, there we go. Uh, that's the not-so-quick teaching about obedience. I think we could talk about this for a long time. Yeah. It's time to move into our testimony portion of the program today and trying to hold back the excitement, honestly, because I've got my dear friend and brother in partner in crime here on the phone today. We have Josh Edwards all the way from Minnesota today. Josh, welcome to the program. Woo-hoo! That's right. It don't get any better than that. Josh I'm is, excited. yeah, you and me both, bro. I'm trying to hold it back. But this is so exciting for me because uh, Josh helped come out to Ohio when we were kind of launching Revive Ohio. And 
Josh has just shared his gifts with us and, and his talents with so many in the body of Christ. And today we have a really cool topic because as you guys all know from listening to any of the prior programs, man, we pray intentionally about God, who do we ask to come on today and speak from a practical personal standpoint on this particular topic. And as you guys know, this is a season of hope, a summer of hope that we're talking about in this season. And so with that, this topic today, obedience is something that I saw and I prayed and I'm like, that reminds me of Josh. And I'm like, wow, isn't that cool? And lo and behold, Josh, you are available today, which is awesome. But welcome to the program, Josh. Thanks so much, man. Excited to be with you guys. And Josh, so today, when you just think of right off the bat, man, when I shot you over a text, hey, Josh, obedience, man, what comes into your brain? Oh, man, there's so much, man, that pops in. Like, first and foremost, I remember, well, it's a scripture story, but I remember an old Keith Green song from back in the, back in the day, and it goes, to obey is better than sacrifice. I don't yeah. want your money. I want your life. You know, those kind of really kind of cutting lyrics. And, man, there has been so much in my life that has pointed to, like, man, just, just the Lord beckoning me to walk out obedience. And I got to say, man, it's, it hasn't been without challenges and it's, it's, it's probably the hardest thing you'll do in your life, but <laughs> yeah, man, that's the first thing that pops into my head. Yeah, I so agree, Josh. So you, when you think about it, like if you just saw the word obedience on a bulletin board, would you go over there and sign your name under that? <laughs> I'm going to say no, no. Way, man. I'm going to say Heck no, no. Uh, Josh, I'm going through the same obedience thing. And just when you think you're being obedient, he gives you just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when the scripture talks about going from glory to glory or faith to faith and strength to strength. <laughs> it's almost like an obedience to obedience. And it's almost like that is when scripture talks about from glory to glory, that's really what you're doing. You're walking in this current glory of the Lord that he puts upon your life because he blesses the, the obedient. And then bam, he'll, he'll, he'll bless you some more and call you to a greater glory. But there is a whole new level of obedience and trust that you have to walk in. And man, that is not for the faint of heart. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just a door that's cracked open by the Lord with an inviting, right? It's just like, hey, do you right. dare? Do you dare enter into that? Right. Absolutely, man. So Josh, it's funny you, you mentioned that. I, I have this picture in my mind right now of you kind of bobbing in that river of obedience, right? You're bobbing up and down, right? Going down there because you're talking about being in the stream, being in the flow of the Holy Spirit. And right in yeah. right in the middle of that, that current, right, is obedience to the Lord. Josh, you have anything to share in your own life where you can share like, Man, you know, the Lord was calling me to obedience and it was a tough road to hoe. Yeah. You know, man, I will, I'll start with this story. I remember I, I was, uh, I'd been with Time to Revive for, I don't know, a year or two, maybe. And I was asked to do a worship school in the Twin Cities at a, at a school called Bethany Global University. And so I did this worship track for students and and I had like 13 or 14 students in this track. And I talked and I trained on worship leaders. You know, Marco, you and I are musicians. We come from a worship background. And so I was just like pouring into these kids. And then I'm just like, I felt the last day of, of the, the, the class I was teaching, uh, the Lord was just like, why don't you actually go and apply this on the streets? 
Mm. You know, you say we say we say things like, oh, man, worship shifts the atmosphere or man, worship it like it really counts before the throne. And and man, when, when you worship, demons tremble. And, you know, when you exalt the name of Jesus, you know, knees will bow. We say all this rhetoric and the Lord's like, hey, man, why don't you obey and follow my prompt- prompting and go out? So this is what happened, you guys. So I took this group of students out. We went to Nicollet Mall, this kind of big open space area in downtown Minneapolis. Hmm. And uh, we had drums and we, we had break dancers and we, 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 we were rapping and we were making up songs about the people walking by us and we were worshiping and it was this super, super cool, fun time. And uh, I remember we get back uh, on, on the light rail train on the way back to the Mall of America to get back to our vehicles. And on the way back, man, I just felt like uh, the Lord said, I want you to sing Break Every Chain, that Will Reagan tune from a, a few years back. And so we just began worshiping on the train. We just saying, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. So we're singing this song, you guys. And then all of a sudden, this little gal with her one-year-old baby, she just starts convulsing and foaming at the mouth and making all these growling noises and falls to the ground on the train. Wow. And I'm, and I'm just like, dude, I feel like a five-year-old kid with my dad's shotgun. Because what happened was this, this girl manifested a demon, and I'm, there's a baby crying. And so I pick up the little baby, and we just keep praying and worshiping. And some medical people kind of gathered around and just start kind of ministering to her, and as well as prayer people. So I had, like a, I had a nurse, and I had uh, an intercessor go all deliverance on this woman. And, dude, it was just like this crazy crazy thing all of a sudden she 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 snapped out of it she stood up she grabbed her baby and she ran off the train and it was just like one of these moments man where i was like wow uh we can talk about this stuff all day long in the church but until we actually when it when it manifests in the public square why Mm. would i be shocked wow but dude that's that's my thing is I just, I just didn't know. And so I got to tell you the rest of the story. And this is where the true obedience thing kind of comes in. Two weeks later, uh, I'm leading an outreach in St. Paul. And we go to this, another crazy situation. I mean, I don't know how much we can get into this, but in Joel chapter two, it says that in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And my sons and daughters will prophesy. My old men will have dreams. My young men will have visions upon my manservants and maidservants, I'll pour out my spirit, right? So here's that. And so guys, I, I had a vision of, of an African-American lady with blonde hair holding a yellow bag. And I'm like, man, okay, this guy's on crack. What is his problem? But I told my team and we wrote it down. And I said, this is what I'm going to be looking for at this cross section. And Mark and Ange, this is, this is the deal. I, we go to that spot. And there is an African-American woman with blonde dreadlocks holding a yellow fire Funyuns bag. No, no kidding. And I walk up to her and she's wearing one of our little wristbands that at time to revive with revive Ohio, revive Minnesota. We give them out when we share the gospel. And I just said, ma'am, you're not going to believe this, but I showed her my notes. I'm like, I believe that like the Lord sent us to you today. And she's just like, you got to be kidding. And I said, where did you get your wristband? She said, well, I work at Dollar Tree just down the block. I found it on the floor yesterday, and I picked it up and put it on. And so she had no idea what it meant. And so I got to share the gospel with this woman. And so out of obedience, I just kind of stepped out like a freak and just said, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if this is legit. Now, here's the deal. We had 
we had a cool encounter with her, but the best one was, man, on the way back to our vehicle, a block away, we go down to the bus stop. We're heading back to our, our cars, really pumped about what God did. And, and I walked by and I, I saw this woman standing on the corner and I said, Hey, how you doing? And she says, good. And she just kind of chuckled. And I walk around the corner and dude, the Holy spirit grabbed my shirt and said, it's like, man, don't be Minnesota nice. Don't ask her how she's doing and walk away and not really care for her. And so out of obedience, it was very awkward and very uncomfortable. I turned around and I went back to this woman. And I said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I really didn't care uh, how you were doing um, because I was just trying to do the Minnesota thing. Uh, but I want to tell you that God cares about you. And even in my my ignorance, I want to tell you, the God of the universe really cares about your, how you're doing. So I said, really, how are you doing? And she said, I'm fine. She said, were you with a group of students two weeks ago in Minneapolis at Nicollet Mall? And I said, yeah. So we're talking about a city of 2.2 million people, Minneapolis, the first one. And now I'm meeting this woman in St. Paul. And uh, she just said, I was sitting there and I watched you guys for a half hour uh, outside the, libra the library. And I watched how you ministered to people and I watched how you loved on people. And she said, and then she, she just sat there and watched us. And then she just started saying, if you really want to reach kids, go to this place and this place. So she's given us all this information. And I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. So she sat and she watched the, the, what we were doing. And then I said, so if there was one thing I could pray for you for, what would it be? And she said, would you just please pray for my daughter who's addicted to cocaine? And so I just held Valerie's hand standing there and we just prayed for her daughter. I don't know, man. It's like, I never would have, you, you never know who's watching. You never know who the Lord is going to put in your path. And I think that was like a really practical lesson in obedience. Cause I could have just like blown it off and ignored the Holy spirit and quenched the Holy spirit. But the Lord really gave me a really cool encounter to minister to this, this mom and pray for her daughter. So pretty wild, man. And I think that, there's some sort of correlation, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sensing that there's a strong correlation between when we are obedient to what God is asking us to do. First of all, he is there and he handles the situation so we don't have to worry about anything. And then second of all, he gives you more like he's giving you some incredible things be simply because you said yes at that moment. Am I right? Totally, totally, totally. So, Josh, this is so fun because, uh, again, I saw that picture of this little crack in a doorway, right? And just it was opened because the Lord is not going to show you everything or you're not going to run into it. Hey, by the way, if you walk through this door, uh, I'm going to have a lady manifest a demon right in front of you, right? Like, we don't see that right. part, Josh, but we the door's open and we have to walk through that. We have to open that door first and then walk in and it's way beyond or above or imagine all those descriptives that we share with that scripture, right? What we could imagine or ask or think God's going to open up. And again, we're talking about a season of hope. So Josh, what kind of hope does that spark in you that God opened up this door and you walk through it and all of a sudden, bam, his power was manifested. Does that, does that not just erupt hope in your heart? Man, it gives me hope, but I'll tell you, Mark, that the biggest thing is it's very humbling Mm -hmm. to, to know that, that every believer who's listening to this podcast right now 
is you have the opportunity to, as you walk in obedience to, to the Holy Spirit's call, people's lives will be forever changed. I think that's the most weird thing to me, guys, is that people's lives are at stake and, and they're, they're literally transformed because of simple, stupid acts of obedience, like singing a worship song on a train or, you know, just trusting, okay, Lord, this is nuts. I'm going to ask them about this word that I got from that. I, I, I feel like you are talking to me for this person. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I think that's the most crazy thing for me, man, is how it affects other people. But obviously, yes, it, it, it that dude, that day marked me yes. in a really cool, in a cool way, you know? Yeah, and what it does, Josh, is it changes us, too, and the way we view ministry, right? Because it's, yeah. let's be honest, it's out of the box. Like, you yeah. never heard that kind of a story before in that particular manner. But listen, when God's asking us to be obedient and the door that he opens, we walk through there, and it is absolutely out of our box. So I'm sure, Josh, when you felt that prompting of the Holy Spirit, you were like, huh? Like what? Yeah. Right. But it's out of the box. And when you get out of the box, God's out of the box too. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. What an incredible, what an incredible, true living testimony of the power of the Holy Spirit, empowering believers to exactly what you said, Josh, touch lives, not just touch them, change them. Right. The power yeah. of the Holy Spirit will change people uh, when they encounter the living God. So, wow, what an incredible time. And Josh, whew, I wish we could go on for hours because this is good stuff. And I think for the listeners, it's a practical way to say the Lord is calling you to be obedient. And man, if you just answer that call, whatever that call is, just be obedient to it and the Lord will blow your mind. You know, as we're, as we're talking, I, I keep thinking of countless scriptural stories like Peter and the boys in the, in, in, in the fishing boat. The master calls and says, hey, why don't you throw your nets on the other side? That's so ridiculous for the context of that story. Why, why, they were fishing all night. Why would throwing it on the other side make any difference? Or, or, you know, like you have scriptures in the Old Testament with Elijah on, on Mount Carmel, mm -hmm. like trusting the Lord, like, hey, dude. Uh, 950 prophets of Asherah and Baal standing there with a showdown against one man of Yahweh. Yeah, baby. And it's just like, in obedience, man, that that changed. Like, yeah, Jezebel got all, you know, like, freaked out and stuff like that, but that changed the nation. That was the beginning of a turnaround and a, re a revival in Israel. And so the cool thing is, is, again, man, your obedience is so much bigger than you yes. and yes it, it, it like yes it comes down to your relationship with the lord and you walk in and out in obedience but just the ramifications of how you and everybody around you and the atmosphere and the culture around you shifts and changes for the better and literally instills hope and breathes hope into people just by your simple act of obedience so man this i guess we just got to continue to to move forward carrying this out of what the Lord's put in us. Yeah, and for me, Josh, it's just simply answering the call one act of obedience at a time. That yeah. is relationship. Yeah. So, man, thanks again for joining us today, Josh, and uh, we're we're forever changed by this word and by his spirit and the power that he brings uh, when he touches our lives. Thanks, buddy. 
you have been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.